This is the Africa service of Vatican Radio. Welcome to our half-hour daily program for Africa. In today's program, you can hear our feature, Culture and Society and News for Young People. First, however, our Bulletin of Church News, followed by African News Panorama. I am Festus Tarawali. The Dicastery for Laity, Family and Life has released a theme chosen by Pope Francis for the Fourth World Day for Grandparents, which this year falls on Sunday, the 28th of July. The theme, Do Not Cast Me Off in My Old Age, is taken from Psalm 71, verse 9. It draws attention to loneliness, which afflicts many elderly people. Devin Watkins reports. According to a press release from the Dicastery, it is meant to call attention to the fact that loneliness is the bitter lot in life of many elderly persons, so often the victims of our throwaway culture. In his message, Pope Francis will draw on the verse from Psalm 71 that depicts the plea of an elderly person who reflects on the story of their friendship with God. By cherishing the charisms of grandparents and the elderly and the contribution they make to the life of the church, reads the statement, the World Day seeks to support the efforts of every ecclesial community to forge bonds between the generations and to combat loneliness. Cardinal Kevin Farrell, prefect of the Dicastery for Laity, Family, and Life, expressed his gratitude to the Pope for highlighting the loneliness endured by many elderly people. Faced with this reality, he said, families in the ecclesial community are called to be at the forefront in promoting a culture of encounter, to create spaces for sharing and listening, and to offer support and affection. This, he added, is how the love of the gospel becomes concrete. Loneliness, admitted the cardinal prefect, is an unavoidable condition of human life, as well as an invitation to turn to God the Father for comfort. As Christians, said Cardinal Farrell, the World Day dedicated to grandparents and the elderly calls us to put aside our throwaway culture and show tenderness and affectionate attention to the most fragile members of our communities. I'm Devin Watkins. Pope Francis on Thursday received in audience a delegation of the Diaconia of Beauty Association, or la Diaconie de la Beauté, a French movement founded 12 years ago to foster dialogue between the church and artists of all kinds. In his address, the Holy Father invited the group members to be promoters of harmony between peoples, cultures and religions, and between humanity and the environment. Also on Thursday, Pope Francis received in audience the Prime Minister of Romania, His Excellency Mr. Ioan Marcel Ciolacu. The Prime Minister later met with Cardinal Secretary of State Pietro Parolin, accompanied by Archbishop Paul Richard Gallagher, Secretary for Relations with States and International Organizations. A press office statement said during the cordial discussions which took place at the Secretariat of State, the parties focused on the high level of relations between the Holy See and Romania and ways of further consolidating bilateral cooperation to the benefit of the Romanian people, especially in the sphere of education. The statement said attention then turned to some current themes of mutual interest, such as the conflict in Israel and Palestine and in Ukraine, 
the reception of migrants and refugees, and the prospects for the enlargement of the European project. Among the church officials Pope Francis received in private audience on Thursday morning was Tanzanian Cardinal Protas Rugambwa. The Office of Liturgical Celebrations announced earlier this week that Cardinal Rugambwa will on Sunday the 18th of February take possession of his titular church in Rome, the Church of Santa Maria in Monte Santo, in Via del Babuino, a street in the center of Rome. Cardinal Rugambwa, who is also the Archbishop of Tabora in Tanzania, was assigned the titular church when he was created Cardinal by Pope Francis on the 30th of September last year. Pope Francis opened the season of Lent on Ash Wednesday afternoon by presiding at Holy Mass with the blessing and imposition of ashes at the Basilica of Santa Sabina in Rome. In his homily, the Pope said Lent is a time to cast aside appearances and to find God at work in the depths of the heart. He said at the beginning of Lent, Jesus invites each one of us to go into our inner room. Going into your inner room, explained the Pope, means returning to the heart, growing from without to within, so that our whole life, including our relationship with God, reflects the reality of our inner being. The Pope said that Lent offers us the opportunity to go back to our authentic selves, removing all the masks and illusions that we too often wear. This, he said, is why in spirit of prayer and humility we receive ashes on our head. The ashes remind us we are dust, but dust that is loved and preserved by God. The ashes placed on our head invite us to rediscover the secret of life and allow us to feel ourselves to be loved by God with an eternal love. The Pope went on to explain that the recognition that we are loved by God will in turn help us to see that we are called to love others in turn. Seeking God's mercy and the common good, this is the theme of a booklet released by the Southern African Catholic Bishops' Conference containing reflections for this year's season of Lent. In the introduction of the booklet that offers five themes for reflection, the bishops of South Africa called on Catholics and all people of goodwill to undertake prayer, fasting and repentance for the healing of their nation. In a message to the International Fund for Agricultural Development, IFAD, this week, Pope Francis warns of the dangers of food waste, highlighting that it damages the environment whilst it could feed the world's hungry. The Pope began by expressing his gratitude to IFAD for the commitment, time and energy devoted to striving for a better world where no one's dignity is violated and where fraternity becomes a reality, a source of joy and hope for all, he said. The Holy Father noted that our world today faces a heartbreaking contrast related to food. On the one hand, millions of people are plagued by hunger, while on the other hand, great insensitivity is seen in the waste of food, he said. This food waste, the Pope noted, each year produces masses of greenhouse gases, while proper rationing will be enough to feed all the hungry. For more on this and other stories, visit our website, vaticannews.va forward slash en. You're tuned to the Africa service of Vatican Radio. African News Panorama. 
Malawi's former ruling Democratic Progressive Party has apologized for accepting a cash kickback from a company under corruption investigation. In 2017, the party was accused of receiving 85,000 United States dollars from Pioneer Investment in a controversial food rations deal. The chief of the Pioneer Investment Company is currently facing corruption charges for allegedly inflating the amount of the contract to supply food rations. Former President Peter Mtarika was reportedly the sole signatory of the Democratic Progressive Party account at the time. In a statement on Wednesday, the spokesperson of the party said they refunded the money out of regret for receiving money, which was tainted with serious allegations. Meantime, in Cameroon, the military has been criticized by a rights group for delaying to deliver justice over the killing of at least 21 civilians by state forces. In February 2020, soldiers and armed vigilante members stormed Ngabu village in the restive northwest region, suspected of harboring separatist fighters. In a statement this week, Human Rights Watch decried the prolonged trial of soldiers implicated in the killings. Human Rights Watch said hearings have been postponed multiple times. Victims' families have minimal participation in the proceedings and the court has refused to admit key evidence. Following international pressure, an investigation into the incident ordered by President Paul Beer showed the soldiers and their aides were involved in the killings. Two South African soldiers have been killed and three others injured after a mortar bomb hit one of their military bases in the Democratic Republic of Congo, where its troops were sent to quell violence. The attack happened in Sake, about 27 kilometers west of Goma. These are the first casualties since the South African army began deploying to the Democratic Republic of Congo last December. South Africa's military, together with troops from Tanzania and Malawi, are part of the Southern African mission in the Democratic Republic of Congo, which was deployed to assist the government to bring peace, security and stability in the rest of east of the country. Nigeria's President Bola Tinubu on Thursday met with state governors in order to discuss the crippling cost of living crisis. One of Nigeria's most influential traditional rulers, the Sultan of Sokoto, said on Wednesday the country was at a tipping point because of the increasing struggle many Nigerians faced in buying basic foods. He called on President Tinubu to address the economic crisis sparked by his decision to cut fuel subsidies. You are tuned to the Daily Africa service of Vatican Radio. This is Couch and Society and you are welcome to the program. My name is Kanyan Tagodufri Kampamba. Every year, the Catholic Church on 8th February observes the International Day of Prayer and Awareness Against Human Trafficking. Joining in Dignity, Listen, Dream, Act is the theme of this year's observance. To mark the occasion, Pope Francis wrote a message in which, among other issues, he recognized all those working to fight against human trafficking. The Holy Father, in his message, also thanked God for the many young people that have taken up the challenge of this World Day Against Human Trafficking. Their enthusiasm and commitment, he said, show us the way and that they remind us of the fact that we are called to listen, dream and act 
in order to counter human trafficking. Coordinating the efforts of the church to combat human trafficking is the Global Talitakum Network of over 6,000 religious sisters and partners. This year, Talitakum International welcomed and organized some 50 young representatives from partner organizations to Rome for a week of initiatives and awareness-raising activities. One of these young people was Felicia Mwengeza from Malawi, who last week in this program spoke to Vatican Radio about the involvement of the youth in the fight against the phenomenon that affects people in every continent and her work in Malawi. In this program today, Merino's sister, Abby Avellino, the international coordinator of Talita Kum, speaks with Vatican Radio's Linda Bodoni, telling her that since traffickers have become more sophisticated, Talita Kum too has to come up with new ways of approaching its fight against human trafficking. Stelita Kum has grown so much mm-hmm. um, since it was founded. Uh, can you tell me a little bit how, how far back does uh, Talita yes, Kum... Yes, so way back then, this is what's initiated by the a group of religious sisters, of actually, the U- UISG. So since uh, then, that was really a, a, a big, severe situation of human trafficking. And that was initiated in 2009. You know, okay. officially established in 2009, but back then it was initiative, the IOM, of course, the UISG. Since then, Talitakum has grown. We are already 58 networks all over the world in 97 countries in all continents. So, so we have members, uh, especially the Catholic Sisters led networks, of course, our membership as well as with uh, priests, um, brothers, ladies now. We, we asked to join the young people to join this hour network. So we speak about human trafficking. Nobody can put, you know, an exact figure on how huge this trade is. We know how big the arms trade is. We know more or less how big the drugs trade is, but human trafficking is impossible to determine. Do we have any idea of figures? Yeah, the figures, I will say, according to the UNODC, 50 million victims of human trafficking, but these are figures. Some somehow people c- cannot denounce it, and it's a hidden crime, as you know. It has become more sophisticated, more and more. So we really need to strategize how to be- become more sophisticated itself, at, you know, as a network against human trafficking. So 50 million people are really suffering from this modern-day slavery, as we said. And as migration increases, so does the trade, exactly, clearly. Exactly. Um, what do you find are the most effective tools you have to uh, curb the, the scourge? Actually, the raising awareness at all levels, this is the way what we were doing uh, because we have so many uh, ways of doing awareness, but at, at the same time, how do we really combat human trafficking is really to work together. So because if we cannot do it alone, networking and collaboration with other partners, organizations, international agency, government agency, church leaders, everybody must embark. This is the way that we can combat human trafficking. The network of traffickers are getting smarter or become sophisticated. We really need to strategize our network. But networking is the key in order to combat human trafficking. Um, as you were saying, it's a hidden uh, trade. Um, there may be trafficked people in any situation, in any country. Um, do you have programs that are directed specifically at particular situations? 
Yes, we do have a program, like you said, this this uh, program about the youth ambassadors. So we, we began this three years ago. We began in Middle East and also we started in Middle East and also in uh, Asia. Now we're expanding to Africa and Latin America because as now is every, everybody in Oceania as well. So our youth ambassadors program, because they are vulnerable to human trafficking as a case, you know, one out of four children are victims of human trafficking and exploitation. So in order to really get this um, exploitation and human trafficking all over the world, we need to ask people to join us at a school, at university, wherever you are, at the church level. We have to go and find a way to, to do the awareness raising at all levels. In our program at the schools, our sisters also doing giving this module at the school in order to... Um, do awareness, education about human trafficking. In our case, also the youth ambassadors were trying to involve them at, at all levels because technology, like you said, we can use technology in a useful way, not in an abuse way. So this is also our way of to combat human trafficking. So you're saying that each and every one of us can look out for the signs um denounce um, to police or to an organization such as yours a situation that we see could be a situation of trafficking? That's right. Because like I said, it's a networking. It is a one powerful way of doing things. So if, if you can identify the victims and of course it's not easy to identify the victims of human trafficking there's no way, you know, there are a lot of profiles of the, the victims of trafficking but it takes time. But the awareness raising, if they know what is human trafficking, if the people knows what is exploitation, I think they will denounce this issue. So you were saying one in every four children in the world is a victim. That's a staggering figure. It's, it's exactly. a real cold shower. Children are suffering. Young people are suffering. We must do it now. We must do something in order to trap this crime. How important is Pope Francis's support for you? Yes, Pope Francis, since he began his uh, uh, papacy, he's very supportive to us. Every year, There's uh, for this in, uh, day, the International Day of Prayer and Awareness Against Human Trafficking, he always give us a message, and particularly for this uh, dedication year for young people, and today is tomorrow, actually, February 8th, is the, the end of this uh, year uh, to the day dedicated to young people. Ah, okay, I didn't yeah, know so that. Yes, a whole year. So we have a program for, for a whole year, and Pope Francis really gave the, mes- gave the message to them in order to st- mobilize more young people. And there, here we are, 15 young people. When we started 2023, there were 15. Now we encourage the 50 young people to spread this word amongst. We are 22 countries representing these people from all over the world right now, present in Rome, to gather, really, to listen, to dream, and to act. And this way, yesterday we were at the uh, Trastrebere, the Piazza Trastrebere, in order to do a call to action of all different levels. These young people did their flash mob, and it's really powerful to see them, how really to show their creative way to uh, do awareness. Were people interested? People were interested. Of course, we were listening. They were seeing this people are dancing and really uh, they were very very fascinating to see them and exciting even at the the pets and then people at the back as well so 
and not only that, also we're giving some brochure and pamphlets, you know. It, that's one way that we can, at least the message of Pope Francis, that message. We have a bookmark that the message of Pope Francis that encouraged young people really to join this campaign. So that year came of, for young people, specifically dedicated to young people, comes to an end tomorrow. What about the coming the, year? The coming year, and w- this is every year we have a, a, a team, and of course this is uh, organizing, but we are also looking the sensitivity of the situation of the children. Now more and more the crisis, the government crisis, and children are suffering, so we would like to focus more to be uh, mindful of our children all over the world because of the war, because of the climate change, because of the exploitation, the abuse, not only uh, domestic abuse, but also online sexual abuse. It's more and more rampant. This is a modern form of day of slavery. So we need to look at the children all over the world and hope that the young people also be encouraged, you know, to the awareness campaigns for the children of the world. International Coordinator of Tarita Kum, Abi Avelino, speaking with Vatican Radio's Linda Bodoni about the work of her organization and the difficult task of fighting the sophisticated human traffickers. And that is all we have time for in this edition of Culture and Society. Until next week, at the same time, my name is Kanyan Tagodfri Kampamba. And now, news for young people. Hello and welcome to the program. I am Festos Tarawali. As you may have heard in our Wednesday Bulletin of Church News, a group of young people in Ghana is embarking on an initiative to give new meaning to the way Lent is observed by engaging in environmental stewardship campaigns. Through its Green Lent campaign, the Catholic Youth Network for Environmental Sustainability Africa or Sinesa in Ghana aims to use modern communication channels, including social media, to disseminate information, educate, and raise awareness about environmental issues. Francisca Dometieru Zainel is the country director of Sinesa. In an interview with Vatican Radio, she began by tracing the history of the organization in the country and what prompted them to embark on the Green Lent campaign. So Sinesa started somewhere in 2015. Sinesa was an idea of young people in Africa to come together to work on climate and environmental issues. Unfortunately for the group at that time, Pope Francis in June 2015 also introduced his encyclical Laudato Si. So Laudato Si became the basis of the group and all their missions and visions. So Sinesa stands to use Laudato Si as the basis of calling Catholics, not just young people, but all Catholics, for some environmental action, sustainability, particularly in Africa. Finesa was introduced in Ghana somewhere in 2017, but we were still looking for people, we were looking for what to actually do. And somewhere in 2020, we found some few young people who have experience in environmental issues and climate activism and wanted to be part of Sinesa. So Sinesa Ghana has 
since 2020 been underground recruiting and somewhere 2023 after various training attending conferences both locally and internationally seminars finally inaugurated Sinesa Ghana's chapter so we have been having seminars trainings beach cleanup and some positive environmental activities since then after last year november sinesa ghana's chapter sat down to draft out their proposal and programs for 2024 then we realized that land more or less academy has become monotonous it has become the usual every year 40 days prayers and fasting period but we also realized that Laudato Si and now with Laudato Dion, these are two important documents by the Holy Father Pope Francis talking about the care of our common home and our responsibility as lay people, as Christians. And we have realized that that dream, that vision of Pope Francis have still not drummed home so far as the church in Africa or Ghana is concerned and the young people in our diocese is concerned. So we said, why don't we try to make Lent this year more educative, more interactive, and more interesting and involving, not just with the young people, but with all Catholics and Christians alike. Therefore, we said, instead of the normal Lent, Green Lent. So Green Lent is talking about a period of education, a period of awareness, creation, advocacy, and some positive works towards impacting the environment and also drumming home the message of Laudato Si. Greenland is going to be a virtual and an in-person program. Virtually, every day we are going to come out with themes, flyers, and then sayings of Holy Father of the Bible and of popular people about environmental activism. In person, you are going to have youth involved in environmental evangelism. So you'll find youth at the corners and streets around you carrying placards that are advocating for environment. Aside that, you are going to have some cleanups in the communities, beach and other activities. So when you look at, we have themes for all the 40 days period and we are encouraging churches, especially those churches that happen to be projecting their messages and then other activities during mass we are encouraging them to project the messages and on the the fridays and sundays part as part of our lenten uh, activities we are encouraging the priests that in their message they should find time to talk about the various themes of the day so that they will educate their people and also be able to call them to action so far as the environment and climate is concerned that was francisca dometiero zinel the country director of the Catholic Youth Network for Environmental Sustainability in Africa, Sinesa in Ghana. Our thanks to Gabriel Asempa Antwi in Accra for that story. And that's all for this edition of News for Young People. Till the same time next week, I am Festus Tarawali. You're tuned to the Africa service of Vatican Radio. Praised be Jesus Christ. Laudetur Jesus Christus.